Good morning. Welcome back to episode 8 of the Habots Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle. This weekend, to start off my analyst career, went 0 for 2 on games, and I somehow managed to get every single prediction wrong, including the weather for the Kansas City Buffalo game. I mean, it takes skill to do that. All right. So I need to get some credit. Uh, all my gambling was wrong. I have both money lines, both spreads. Just hedge all my bets. Uh, horrible weekend for my uh, analysis. But here, I'm just going to, for this episode, episode 8, I'm going to get a recap of the NFC Championship between Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Green Bay Packers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers would come out on top, 31-26. Uh, let's look at some stats real quick. Tom Brady would have 280 passing yards, three pass touchdowns, and three interceptions. Um, kind of yin and yang kind of day for Tom Brady. He had some really good throws and some really bad ones when uh, he threw a few interceptions that overthrow Mike Evans. That went off Mike Evans' hands was kind of bad, especially that how big of a target Mike Evans is. Not too hard to hit him in the chest. Uh, this is the fourth time in his postseason career that Tom Brady had uh, three interceptions in a game. And in those games now, he is 3-1. and one. So impressive play for the team around Tom Brady when he isn't at his best. Uh, the most surprising part for me was with Tom Brady's interceptions, they all came on three straight drives. I believe it was the start of the third quarter um, after they scored the touchdown. Uh, after the Aaron Jones fumble, he would then go three straight drives with throwing interceptions. Uh, this is the first time in Tom Brady's postseason career that he ever had even back-to-back drives and in interceptions, let alone three in a row. Uh, for the running back crew, Lenny Fournette had a pretty good day. He would lead the uh, Buccaneers pack. With 55 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, that 20-yarder. I mean, broke two tackles, quick stiff arm, uh, spun around Kevin King, and uh, just got right in the end zone. Great run. Ronald Jones was silent all day. Uh, 16 rushing yards on 10 attempts. That's 1.6 yards per carry. And along, he had zero receptions in the game. Uh, They were able to shut him out pretty easily, but that's why you have Leonard Fournette out there. Uh, Chris Godwin, great game. 110 reception yards uh, on five receptions, 22-yard average. Wouldn't put up a touchdown, Mike Evans would, though. Now, on flip side, for Green Bay, uh, Aaron Rodgers would have a fairly good game. 346 passing yards, three pass touchdowns, and an interception that was... Um, could have been called a holding. It, it was definitely questionable. Um, Sean Murphy Bunting had a grip on Alan Lazard's like shoulder, and he was pulling like that. Uh, refs were letting him play it out all day uh, until... I'll get to it later, but until about the last minute. Now, my original prediction for Aaron Rodgers was if he had 250 passing yards, three touchdowns, and a uh, 100 QBR, uh, they would win. And I threw that prediction in the trash because not only did Aaron Rodgers have 250 passing yards, he had 346. He had three pass touchdowns and a QBR of 101.4. And they lost. So another perfect prediction for my analyst uh, career. Star wide receiver for the Packers on Sunday was not Devontae Adams, but rather uh, Marquise Valdez-Scantling, or MVS, known in Green Bay. Uh, he would have 115 receptions on four catches and a touchdown. That touchdown coming from a 52-yard pass from Aaron Rodgers uh, to uh, in the first quarter tied up sevens. Now, Aaron Jones would completely flop this game, fumbling twice and losing one of them to start of the second half. I mean, he got rocked on it. He would end up leaving the game with an injury after that hit. And so would the linebacker who hit um, Aaron Jones. I'm blanking on the name. 
but both or it might have been cornerback, but both left the game and wouldn't return. But uh, it was it's weird because the hits that Aaron Rodgers fumbled or Aaron Jones fumbled on were pretty much identical. The cornerback uh, or the defender might have been a cornerback, might have been a linebacker would come in, and now Aaron Jones had the ball in his left arm, and as he's running, he would slightly tilt his shoulder, and the um, defender would come in and just like ram his head right into like the ball and like swing around. And so it looked like he didn't even hit Aaron Jones, but it's obviously pretty painful because his head was going straight into his arm and straight into his uh, chest, and the ball would pop out. First one, Robert Tanya covered. He was no worries. I think he lost like three yards, but still picked up the first down. Second one, uh, they'd end up going down by a significant margin because Tampa would score. So um, I want to check out these defensive stats. I think that was the key for both of these teams playing in this game. And uh, for Green Bay, Jair Jair Alexander would have two interceptions, while Adrian Amos would have uh, the other one. Uh, A fun fact, Maurice Jones-Drew ended up predicting the Jair Alexander two interceptions like three days before the game. I don't know how you do that. Um, But he's he's not right all the time, not right often, but pretty good prediction by uh, former Jaguars running back. But uh, it was the Buccaneers defense that really came to play. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting would get the interception. Again, how I told you, had a good grip on Alan Lazard's jersey. Still got in front of him. Good play on the ball. Got it. Uh, Gave Tampa a really good field position. And this is his third straight game with the interception in the postseason. He now joins Ed Reed as the only other player to ever record an interception in their first three postseason games of their career. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, three for three right now. Ed Reed would finish his postseason career at tied for first with four other players with nine career postseason interceptions. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting's on his way, and if they if Tampa Bay can keep this um, streak of making the postseason, I mean, they're one year now. Tom Brady's got at least one more year on him in the contract. If they can keep this uh, streak of making the postseason playing multiple games, I think uh, Sean Murphy Bunting might have a good chance at at least joining that nine interception by the end of his career. Um, so also this Buccaneers pass rush was just on another level. They put up five sacks, uh, the most against Aaron Rodgers his entire uh, year. Uh, the Packers offensive line has been great this year, but, uh, with the loss of David Bacardi a few weeks ago, Aaron Rodgers was just under pressure all game. He was getting hit out or he was getting rushed out of the pocket. He was getting hit after throws. He just never had enough time to really let plays develop. There are a few plays that I want to check out. Uh, the first is going to be that Scotty Miller touchdown at the end of the first half. For starters, a uh, great release off the line by Scotty Miller, and also a great pass by Tom Brady. And I want to point out, all right, the one prediction I got right this weekend was Scotty Miller was going to score a touchdown. And look at this, he did. All right, so one for like 40 for me for the weekend. Uh, but what was uh, Mike Patine, or Patine, defense coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, thinking? You play uh, eight seconds left on the 39-yard line. I get it. You don't want to give up, like, eight yards because you think you probably think Mike Patine's probably thinking they're going to try to get a field goal. Uh, if you give up eight yards, I'm sure Ryan Suckup's going to make the field goal. But they still need to get out of bounds. They have no timeouts left with eight seconds left. Instead, you ran man coverage, one deep safety? No. No, you, you play prevent four. It's This is obvious. You don't want to give up a touchdown. Uh, even if you give up a field goal, that wouldn't even be too bad. You come out the second half with the ball, go down and score. You do everything you need to do to not allow a touchdown here. And Kevin King, uh, I don't know how you get burnt by Scotty Miller, the fifth-string wide receiver on the Buccaneers. I know, I, I really think Scotty's pretty good. And a classic Tom Brady wide receiver, short white. 
Um, but Kevin King, there you know there's no safety behind you to help. He's playing right in the middle of the field. Sky Miller's running up left side. I think, he, he, first of all, you shouldn't press. You should be playing at least six yards back. I don't know. It's really bad defense play in there. The play looked eerily familiar to uh, Greg Williams, the former Jets defense coordinator's blitz call on the last play of the game, Hail Mary, and the Jets lost to the Raiders when uh, he sent a like eight-man blitz and played man coverage uh, on Henry Ruggs on the left side. Obviously, Ruggs is going to burn whatever practice squad cornerback the Jets had at the time. Now, if you hear what I said a few seconds ago, I did specify a former Jets defense coordinator as he was fired like hours after the game as Mike Patine should too. Uh, Mike Patine's shown that uh, as a coordinator for a Super Bowl contending team, he is not a quality enough coordinator. They, I, You can't call a play like that in a conference championship and just give up free points. Maybe if he's like week 17 for the Jets, all right, you can do that. But um, you'll still lose your job, as he should. And now... Uh, on to the third and fourth and goal at the end of the game for the Packers. That's, these are the next set of plays I want to look at. Third down, Rodgers has space to scramble from the 80-yard line, uh, bring the game within two points with a chance to tie on a two-point conversion. Rodgers instead elects to throw it into coverage, double coverage on Devontae Adams. It ends up being incomplete, same as first and second down, two or three straight incompletions. Now, I'm not going to fault Rodgers here. Uh, he's throwing to Devontae Adams. That's one of the best wide receiver quarterback combos in the NFL. So, um... He'll get a pass on that play. Uh, also, 37 years old now, 36 years old, Aaron Rodgers. Scrambling might not be his best suit. Uh, there was Sean Murphy bunting, was out on the edge, covering um, uh, Alan Lazard on a cross route, or on a slant route. So, uh, maybe he just didn't want to get hit. All right, throw it towards Devontae Adams. That's the right play. Now, they, you think, all right, you got fourth down, fourth and eight. You just need a touchdown here and tie. There's two minutes and nine seconds left. No, Matt LaFleur kicks field goal, uh, brings it with him five with two minutes and nine seconds left. Was it the correct play call when looking at odds of victory and like percentages on whether you win with no points there, you win with a field goal there, or if you win with a touchdown there? Yeah, you probably had a better chance to do that than go down and not score a touchdown there if you just kick a field goal and get the ball back. But here and there, uh, you need to throw the stats out the window and just go for it. It's the playoffs. You need to risk it. Just like opposing coach Bruce Arian says, it's his... Go-to saying, no risk it, no biscuit. Uh, that's actually his motto for the team. Now, Tampa Bay would end up getting a few first downs after the drive, and or after receiving the ball in the kickoff, and they'd end up winning the game, and now they're heading to the Super Bowl. But the one play I wanted to check out was the uh, late penalty play with uh, Kevin King, the pass interference. All game. The referees were letting the corners and the wide receivers play it out and be like really handsy, uh, a lot of contact between them, and they weren't calling anything. There, I think there wasn't a penalty till like the third quarter on either side of the ball. But uh, they call this pass interference with like a minute and six seconds left, giving Tampa Bay the first down and the win. I just don't see how referees can allow teams to play it out and have these cornerbacks, wide receivers be so like contactful during the entire game for 59 minutes. And then within the last minute, you're super strict on the rules and you call everything. You need to stick with one plan. If you're going to call every pass interference all game, or at least the majority of them that you see, you, you go with that. But if you're not going to call them, don't call this one last second. Uh, that was another mistake by Kevin King. He would end up giving up two touchdowns. He'd get chucked there by Leonard Four, or he'd get juked out by Leonard Fournette for the t- uh, rushing touchdown and get the pass interference here. Really rough game for Kevin King, but hoping to see him bounce back. Uh, he's a free agent this year, so we'll see what happens. 
Tampa will play Kansas City on February 7th. This is the first time that a team will be the um, have like home field advantage as the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay this year. And good luck, Tampa Bay. Tom, looking for a seventh ring. That will be a NFL record. I mean, he already has the record for most rings by a player, but he is now looking for the record for most rings by a player or organization ever, beating six out of uh, New England and Pittsburgh. He also holds the NFL record with his 10th Super Bowl in a row. That makes him, or his 10th Super Bowl, not in a row. That would be incredible. But uh, he now has made Super Bowl 10 of his 21 NFL season. That's a 48% chance to reach the biggest, most competitive sports championship. Really impressive. The greatest of all time. Uh, Green Bay, going into the offseason, I just want to see what you're playing with Aaron Rodgers. He, obviously, you draft Jordan Love. He was a healthy scratch, like, half the games this year. If he's going to be your backup quarterback, then I understand. But I think he's, like, fourth string right now. If you think that, obviously, Aaron, I still think Aaron Rodgers has a lot in the tank. He's, uh, I was the MVP this year, and he wants to sign an extension, but he wants a lot of money. And now if you think that Jordan Love spent enough time backed up and can come out there and compete, you have a really good team out there right now, um, a Super Bowl-ready team with a Super Bowl-ready coaching staff, and I would go with Aaron Rodgers for at least two more years. That's what I'd say. I think after that, maybe go with Jordan Love, but maybe it's time to move on if the front office doesn't believe that Aaron Rodgers deserves that much, which he, he does, and the front office knows he does, and everybody in that organization, every player, every coach, every staff member, every stadium member, like they all know he deserves um, whatever amount of money he asked for. So uh, re-sign Aaron Rodgers is playing well. Well, he's still on contract till opting. He can opt out after next season, but uh, just make sure you keep him there for as long as he needs to be. That's the end of this episode. Uh, I'll be coming back here in a few hours with my recap of the Kansas City Chiefs for Buffalo Bills. Again, didn't get it right in my predictions, but I'll be going over some of the cool things from that game. Thank you. Have a good one.